Welcome everybody to the UESP podcast. I'm your host Pylon and we've got the whole crew back together again. It's kind of awesome. It's been a little while since we've all been here. Uh, I just wanted to see how everybody's doing. We were off last week because I was so ill that I couldn't really do anything. So that was a lot of fun, but there was not really too much to talk about. So it actually worked out pretty well. So below me, I'll let him introduce himself. Lost. Do you want to give a I- update yeah, about what you've been up to? Yeah, I'm Lost in Hyrule, and I'm one of the moderators on the UESP Discord and do some editing over on the wiki. And I think everybody had a little bit of an off week last week, so the break was well-deserved. Though I think I might have caught a little bit of what Pylon's sickness was, and maybe it's I'll go to bed virus. immediately after the podcast. Yeah, I think yeah, all of us virus. are still... I'm still recovering, so you'll notice I'm very nasally, more so than normal. So hopefully I can make it through about an hour without having to blow my nose. So we'll see how it's going. AKB, how are you feeling? Are you healthy again while you're playing Skyrim? Uh, not exactly <laughs> with this freaking quest log. If you start up Skyrim with every Creation Club thing now, this is what happens to your quest log at like the start of the game, by the way. You're it ill is with very quests. long. Just the start of the game? Yep. I've, mm. I've been trying to do them all. And it's just, you have to travel to so many different places, it's going to take forever. Sort of like how in Oblivion, now you'll just suddenly, in the sewers, get a deed from your dying uncle? Exactly. Oh yeah, because I, I got that, uh, what, the Game of the Year edition when I first got the game, so I was like, what the heck? <laughs> you're experiencing the same thing, but without even the extra benefit of relatives inheriting you things. <laughs> And Alara, how are you feeling this week? Like, kind of As we're all just yesterday. updating everybody on our health problems. This is like, <laughs> I have a cold, I'm getting the flu. Yeah, I was just telling these guys, I, um, so we all know how clumsy I am. Yesterday I fell uh, halfway down a flight of stairs on my back, so I have an ice pack right now. <laughs> was Todd Howard in the room at least? Nope. No Fortunately, no one witnessed it, but <laughs> I'm feeling well, it was actually named Todd Howard, but... It's not important. <laughs> well, it was outdoors. So. <laughs> and Baratron, are you our bastion of health now, or are you also fighting the illness? Well, London is is now officially having spring. Which so means rain. I have, I have the worst hay fever. Oh. <laughs> it's like my eyes and nose are just streaming, and there's no way I'm going to get through an hour without blowing my nose. But, you know. What we'll is best. spring like in London so Cold around fi- around 50% of the trees in london are a specific plane tree cross and they drop these these like little pollen-y things and they get everywhere and they get crushed underfoot and the, the pollen gets in your eyes and i mean it's actually quite warm at the moment <laughs> uh, it's nice. we had yeah. snow on the weekend here yeah yeah snow and no, uh, we we've been having nice sunny days and the rain most nice things. Awesome. Well, so before all of us succumb to our illnesses and various uh, viruses, let's switch over and I'm talk about the fine. news. You're fu- okay, fine. But you have a full quest log. That's basically as bad as being sick. <laughs> Good. Let's go talk about the news. Oh, 
Not really, yeah. Yeah, we had a nice little break. We've got a little bit of a slow week for the spring, but we do have some news to update everybody on, so hopefully we can get through. Um, AKB wanted to let everybody know that last week, which we didn't actually get a chance to talk about, we broke 10,000 followers on Twitter. Woo! It was very exciting. That's basically the response, yeah. I turned like colored on the video again. Yeah, we don't know why he's doing that. Uh, Pylon's OBS is just being weird. Yeah. Uh, so. uh, besides that, did anything actually happen? Well, we do have some ESO news that we can go through. Beartron, do you want to get us started off on that? We do indeed have ESO news. So uh, it's currently week four of the Jubilee Festival, and that is until Thursday at 2 p.m. GMT, which is 10 a.m. EDT for people in the U.S. and Canada. Uh, and the current, it was a little bit vague, but the uh, the current thing you need to do is to complete pledges once per character per day. Now, in order to get a pledge, you have to be over level 45. Uh, and trials once per character per week. So that's, uh, although you can do, do the same trial every day, you have to do it so that you get the weekly box. Uh, and if you do this, you get reward boxes, which inc- may include items from the Sai Sahan outfit style. Now, uh, some of us were very disappointed that Sai's beard is not part of the Sai Sahan outfit style. And nobody's laughing. I can tell none of the ESO players. <laughs> um, I laughed, but it was on mute. Oh, well, well. I smiled. I laughed on the inside. So can I tell a little story about my experience with these events? No. Okay. Not then. when we're doing the news, you can tell us later. No, we get. What's, sorry, I gave you. What's your story? <laughs> so uh, usually, I am predisposed whenever there's an ESO event going on, and I miss it. But one uh, one year uh, during one event, I said I really want to do this event. I think it was Jester's Festival. But the thing is that I didn't know at the time was I knew the date for Jester's Festival in uh, the original lore. But they moved the date of the festival for ESO to actual April Fools, where uh, April first, where in Tamriel it used to be April twenty eighth. Well, the equivalent. So I logged in on April twenty eighth to find out that I missed it by a month. Hmm. That's I mean, tragic. Yeah, I don't. If only there was a show so you could sorry. listen to to get the updates about when yeah. events are happening yeah. in ESO. Or a website that actually announced what things were happening and when. I don't read things. Then how did you know it existed at all? Ooh. Anyway. I might read some things. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, other than anyway. AKB's illiteracy, Baratron, so, do you want to go uh, Yeah, it's week four of the Jubilee Festival, and uh, the final week starts on Thursday. And in the final week, you can do any of the events of the first four weeks to get the boxes. So that's daily crafting writs, delve and world boss quests, which you uh, primarily get from the DLC zones, PvP, battlegrounds, and Cyrodiil town quests, and pledges and trials. So some people can be really super busy next week. And the whole of the Jubilee thing finishes on the 9th of May at 2pm GMT. So you've got about uh, 10 days, not quite. Um, apparently, it's Necromancer Week. I know, I loved this little piece of... <laughs> and you're like, what's Necromancer Week? Okay. <laughs> so, Necromancer Week is the week in which the uh, official website tells you all about necromancers in, in ESO. 
So uh, there was one article out today. There's the link for today's article. And uh, it's kind of interesting because it had it had a little bit of law from uh, Lehman, and it had uh, Kyle Novak, who's the uh, the guy who designed the Necromancer class. And the uh, the Necromancer class, if you don't already know, is illegal. Um, outright necromantic activities are illegal within Tamriel, and if uh, an NPC sees you when you're doing this. Uh, you will get you will get a bounty, and apparently they had to go through and perform an audit on a lot of older content because there are NPCs within places like Delves or Quest who can witness justice actions, and you don't earn a bounty just for doing a quest. I absolutely love that they added the justice system to the Necromancers. I think that was the like the coolest way they could have implemented necromancers and still had people be like but they're illegal why are they allowed to do that like i think having the justice system is like the perfect way of just being like hey yeah you can do this in town but it'll cost you and they made a specific comment about how it's not every skill that necromancers have that will get you in trouble it's specifically the ones that reanimate corpses i think or it's at least the heinous, stuff in that ballpark. Yeah, it's something they, to the fact like they it's uh, the ones that are obviously necromantic. Yeah. Right. right, that they can't just claim as conjuration or something. Yeah, yep. the, the hein- more heinous of crimes. Yeah, so that's awesome that they're updating it. Um, other things to note quick. Uh, elsewhere is still on the PTS, so if you want to get some testing in and go in there, you can do that. It's on patch 5.02, and EU characters have now been copied. Um, and if you have a PC or Mac account, you are... Totally allowed to go in and do some testing. They, I believe everybody has access this time, except f- unless you've been, I guess, banned. I think everybody else has access. Yeah, so. They said it's if you've tested the previous chapters or if you've played in the last year. year. Yeah. So basically, if you didn't test the previous ones, if you didn't play within the last year, then you might not. But otherwise, you can probably is- log into the game, the live game, and I bet you'll have access to the PTS within a few days. So. Last time I was there, there weren't that many people on either. It's super nice and elsewhere. Yeah, it's really nice when it's kind of like empty. I was in there testing the Necromancer because I wanted to see kind of how well it played, which we'll talk about in a later episode before we actually go into elsewhere itself. So I just wanted to kind of feel the Necromancer and how it felt. And it was nice that there's not a ton of people in there. It didn't feel too overwhelming like when you go into a major city the first time and it's just billions of people like on top of each other so that was nice going in there a few other little bits um there was an eso live last friday and it was if you are at all interested in combat stuff it was worth watching um and i've got the the link here because uh it seems like as as some of you may know we've got a new combat team Brian Wheeler, who was previously the PvP lead, has also taken over as the um, lead combat designer, and he's being assisted by Gilliam the Rogue, who is a prominent was a prominent YouTuber before he was uh, headhunted by Zoss. And I mean, there's obviously more to the combat team than them, but those those were the two who were on the show. And it seems like they're they're getting on very well. It seems like they're um, designing things in a very coherent way um and so so you know if you're interested in that nitty-gritty stuff it's worth watching um i like some of the things they said like they did like a q a and they said you know what's the reason for necromancers having limited time pets rather than permanent pets and they said oh it fits with the theme because necromancers are the masters of decay everyone is expendable even their allies 
Yeah, I, I like the way that they did that too. Because I was personally, I think necromancer. I think general controlling a horde of my little minions and things like that. But you already kind of had that with the sorcerer. So the I two think they were kind of trying to avoid more of the warden issue, though. I think so too. Yeah, because pets are hard. I think that's just a general thing. Having lots of pets are hard, and it's expensive. Like when you're talking game resources. So if they wanted to, like, if they're already having problems with PvP and Sierra and stuff like that, add a hundred more skeletons to the mix, and everybody's just going to start losing their minds. So I think that was a decent way that they could manage that. One other thing they said, which, I mean, they, they did go into a lot of detail about changes to um, various skills. And, of course, it's all in the uh, PTS patch notes that's on the official forum. But one thing they did say was there'll be no more gap closer snares. Um, so what does that refer to? So there are certain skills. Okay, so a gap closer is something like yes. shield charge or toppling charge where you can sort of aim the attack and go zooming across to hit somebody. And a snare is when that, that other NPC or player is then unable to move or unable to react for a, a short amount of time, like maybe three seconds. Uh, but, you, you know, you've got to remember that if it's player versus player, not being able to do anything for three seconds is actually quite a long time. And so what they've done is they've taken away the snare across the board for gap closers uh, in favour of a faster speed for the person who's using them, increasing the range, because at the moment the longest one is 28 metres, which is actually not the full length of some dungeon or trial arenas. Um, and they've removed the minimum range. Because apparently some of them, you couldn't actually use them if you were too close, which is a bit weird. Yeah. Um, Dragon Leap, as because it's an ultimate, it's going to keep the snare, um, but along with an increased telegraph to players. So so players can see, oh, this other guy is a, is about to use this skill. I'd better try to dodge before it before it hits me. Um, so, you know, that was, that was all quite interesting. Um, the other thing they went over in the ESO Live at the start of the program uh, was there's this new house, uh, and the house is going to evolve as you complete content. So with each of the uh, the packs that's coming, with Elsewhere, with the next DLC, with the Dungeon DLC, and then at the end of the Year of the Dragon, you can get a kind of stone, stone tablet, and you put the stone tablet on an altar, Thing in the house and more areas of the house unlock so they just sort of showed it very quickly they just showed the first the first two areas um as obviously i suppose it'll be a massive spoiler do we know if that's going to be a a quest obtainable house or is it a paid for that was my question too (laughs) it's quest obtainable it is quest obtainable that's what i was Mm -hmm. thought i haven't got a chance to actually watch it so live so I'll make sure to click yeah. that link that you posted there. So it's it's a, it's a very, you know, it's a large house. It's one of the 350 items or 700 for ESO Plus members that you're getting essentially for free for completing content, which is nice. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, I'm happy that they're adding houses in more for, I guess, gameplay purposes, less of just like um, store purposes. Because yeah. it would be nice to be able to actually like get in there and achieve that and kind of have that house grow with you, a nice little home in elsewhere. I'll probably use it and move a bunch of my things over to it because I have my little gardener house right now that I go to that has all of my like um, crafting tables and 
services because I bought all of the merchants and stuff like that. So maybe I'll move them over to a house that grows with me. I have, well, a, whole, of- I have a hotel room filled with horses. Uh, I still haven't actually bothered to decorate any of the bigger ones, uh, which I liked because, uh, like, I like the fact that they're adding more houses because, like, you look at, like, mounts and... Besides a very small handful, they're all locked behind uh, the store. Yeah, other than the little ones, I think they're all they're all purchasable, or most of them are purchasable with gold as well. But, but they did talk about yeah. yeah, they did talk a little bit about their design uh, policy for the houses that um, they're trying to move towards. So, so rather than the giant houses, they're trying to move towards say smaller houses, but with ground around them. Like the snow globe house, which came out for the new life festival, yeah, I like the where you've globe. got like where you've got like a normal sized house that that uh, you know you can think of maybe two people living in, but with some space around and it and it is a, a seven hundred item house. So because everyone's saying, oh, you know, seven hundred items is not enough for some of these houses, and they're saying, well, you know, this, this really is a case of we want everybody who plays ESO to have the same experience, and we want everybody who plays ESO to be able to come into your house and not be have half the items yeah. fail to load or whatever. Um, but yeah, it was, it was pretty good. Um, now while we're talking about unique houses, uh, it's worth pointing out that the Ellen Hare private arena is available for, I'm not sure how long, I think about another seven to nine days. And that is the special house, which is in Ellen Hare in Craglawn, which has traps. And it's been oh. designed for guilds to have, uh, dueling events. And so there's various. Left. Sorry? Ten days left, it says. Ten days, right. So that's as yes, of that's... April 29th. So if you're listening to this afterwards, you may <laughs> miss it. So make sure you listen right away as soon as the show airs. <laughs> or uh, well, as, it'll be the case as per usual that, 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 that it will finish at uh, uh, 2 p.m. GMT because that's when everything finishes. Yeah. That's when. Um, for ESO, but yeah, uh, it's kind of fun. I mean, there's, I think there's like whirling blade traps. Um, I think there's flame traps. I'm trying to think what the other one was. In a previous ESO life, they did actually go over the house and, and show show off all the traps, but I've kind of forgotten. I mean, I don't think we'll be getting one for UESP because there's still the problem that it's only easy to port to uh, a person's main primary residence. Yeah. And so, you know, I could buy one, but it would be my second. It would be my secondary residence, and then people would need to use an add-on to get in, and it's just, yeah, it's just complicated. Difficult. We have a nice house with with the um, crafting stations and things. So, but yeah, I mean, there certainly will be guilds who who do that, or they have, you know, uh, so the GM owns one house and another officer will own the arena. Uh, Hopefully, hopefully, at some point they will actually make it so you can have official guild halls. I don't know when. So, Alara. Oh, and your camera fixed as soon as I mentioned your name. That's perfect. Uh, <laughs> do you want to go over the Legends news for this week? So, there is a minor patch with some bug fixes. Um, not even actually sure what they are, but it was pretty small, so as much. They've also revealed the uh, monthly card for April. So, if you uh, share the image of that. Yeah, so for those who are just uh, listening, it's um, Seasoned Captain. It's a Red Guard um, four-cost strength card. And for um, four power and health, 
each. And then its ability is rally. And when you rally, you also get a random item in your hand, plus one, plus one. And it's an epic card. So a reminder that if you reach rank nine, you get one. If you reach rank five, you get two. If if you finish rank one or higher, you get the full playset. And if you're in the top 1,000 legend, then it's premium. Awesome. And then I believe the other piece of news that we have is the Master Series is returning. Do you have any more information on that? I haven't actually got a chance to read into that. So I can uh, chime in if you don't yeah, mind. Yeah, you probably know more than me. <laughs> so they announced the Master Series, which is a thing they did before, but it's an officially hosted tournament with pretty substantial prize pool just trying to you know keep investment in legends high and start reinvigorating it after the whole sparky pants takeover i guess we'll call yeah. it yeah well i would i would say the sparky pants takeover wasn't where it dropped off it was re- i really want to say like whatever happened with darewolf i am so curious about yeah, it was definitely earlier than that, but this is obviously an important and visible step in them, I guess, getting their feet back under them in one sense. So there's going to be four different primary qualifiers that are open to everybody. The first one starts on May 11th and 12th, and all four of the qualifiers are going to have a $1,000 prize pool, which is spread between the top eight finishers. And then there'll be a special, like people accumulate points as they participate in these qualifiers. The people with the best points that don't win get to go to a runoff of sorts, a top eight qualifier um, finale. And then in, at, uh, what is it? QuakeCon on July 26th is where they'll have sort of the champion, the Master Series itself. So those top eight players of Legends will compete for a $50,000 prize pool. So, if you've been keeping up on Legends, polish off your skills because you've got just under two weeks and you can start getting ready to compete. Anybody here going to be competing? No, I wouldn't be able to uh, attend. It's like, <laughs> my busiest time of year at work. So. It. It'll be called winning, Pylon. Oh, you're calling that out now? <laughs> we saw my uh, legend skills where I beat a novice level match after about 30 minutes. Yeah, we watched that. Pretty so. sure we got. I got this in the bag. Yeah, I think that's that's a winning strategy right there. Awesome. Yeah, and I think just one other little quick piece of news that right away popped up here. I can speak to it quickly, Baratron. Give your bit of a rest there. Is there's a new contest out for the Elder Scrolls? Um, we saw that Xbox there. Elder Scrolls Online is giving away an elsewhere Xbox One. It looks awesome. Uh, I think Baratron is going to post the tweet in the chat, or it'll be in the show notes afterwards if you want to get a chance to see it. Um, they're giving away an Xbox One with a year of Game Pass and Xbox Live Gold. Uh, it's a very awesomely branded Xbox, uh, Xbox One X, which is really cool. Um, and the rules to enter is you must be a legal resident of the 50 United States, including District... 50 United States, including the District of Columbia or Canada, except for Quebec, and be 14 years of age or older. Minors must have consent of a parent. Um, and the sweet stake starts at 12.01 a.m. Pacific Standard Time on September 28th, 2019, and will end at 11.59 p.m. April. Sunday, April 28th. April. Not so September. it's it starts September. It starts that'd be yesterday. great. Yeah, it starts in like <laughs> six months from now. It's like, we're giving you so much time. No, yes. Sunday, April 28th. Reading is hard, everybody. Yeah, which means um, it's live now. 
yeah, it's live now and it will end at 11.59 p.m. PST on Sunday, May 5th. So you've got a little bit of chance to get in there and try to win yourself an Xbox, which I really want to do. I don't yeah, have I hadn't any even heard of that right one. Now. So I just actually entered right now as we were talking about it. Nice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Good idea. You, you have to have a Twitter account and they want you to, to retweet the uh, the contest thing with your along with your favorite Elder Scrolls memory. I'm thinking, goodness, how on earth would I fit that in a tweet? Yeah, I don't know if you need the memory words to um, enter. I think it's just to retweet. Yeah, you just need that, but they want you to do. Yeah, it's hard to say. I think it'd probably be something, you know, at the UESP, but there's so many good moments, you know. Mm. Well, now that we're... Stuff on Discord, uh, (laughs) just, you know, stuff with our guildmates and ESO. I mean, I, I literally remember the first time I booted up Skyrim. And, you know, after I'd made my character and it's just, just the intro sequence. And then when you get to start playing and the fact that there was no real difference between the cinematic parts and the gameplay parts, you know, you know, like how there's some, some games that have these beautifully rendered video cut scenes mm-hmm. and then you play the game and it looks, looks completely different. And, and just the fact that you, that, that it was all the same world and you just stepped out into it as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I could not do that in a tweet. I would need many tweets. <laughs> so speaking of our favorite Elder Scrolls moments, that's probably a good transition to move over to our scholarly pursuits. So despite most of us being ill and not having too much of a chance to play, we can we do have a little bit of uh, updates for everybody. I'm going to start with AKB because AKB refuses to ever fill this section out on our show notes, so we never actually know what he's been up to. So AKB, why don't you start with what you've been up to for the past two weeks, because it's been a while. I've been reading 13,000 messages. 13,000 messages of what? That, there's... It's not literally 13,000, but feels like it. We, <laughs> I've just gotten a lot of mail through the various UESP accounts and things to reply to. So what I've been doing is... Administration. Been, yes. So, and that's usually, that's a usually a good guess for what I'm doing if I say, oh, I'm not actually been up to much because I, I just have a lot of things to reply to. That whole work thing. Yeah. Of life. How about you, Lost? So, Dragalia Lost currently has a Fire Emblem Heroes crossover event, which I know is an Elder Scrolls related, but is almost the only game I've had time to play the past <laughs> two weeks. Um, I've gotten, I guess, most of my daily stuff done in Blades, but there's even some days where I didn't do my daily job. I just got my free goodie from the store. So, Progress is slow. We'll talk about that. That's it. What about you, Alara? <laughs> well, um, I'll start with a non Scrolls related thing. Um, I went to the International Wolf Center this weekend, which is something I've been wanting to do for many years. I have a t-shirt for it right now. And it, yeah, I was on the way home uh, that I decided to stop at some parks and fell down the stairs, but it was really <laughs> exciting. So yeah, Elder Scrolls related then. I... Um, yeah, I've been playing Blades mostly. We'll talk about that later when we actually talk about it. Um, for ESO, just, yeah, I've been doing the logins, and that's literally all I've done for that. 
And then Legends, since we didn't have the stream last week, I ended up just streaming myself playing Legends, and um, I finished Isle of Madness. So awesome. I thought that was pretty cool. Good story, right? Like Yeah. The good story you're talking about, Isle of yeah. Madness. That wasn't a snarky response at Alara telling what she's been <laughs> yeah, oh, I know I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, Isle of Madness is a It, it took me a story. second, but I was like, oh, yeah, Isle of Madness. <laughs> I know what story you meant at first. But, yeah, I liked a lot of those little moments where I, I don't know if – I shouldn't care if it's a spoiler, but there's little like things that surprise me. Basically, I'll, I'll put it that way. That that thing has the perfect mixture of the levity of the Shivering Isles with the creepy disturbingness. It walks that line quite well. Yeah. I'm pretty impressed with it. And that's, we don't often see the Shivering and so I mentioned that probably in each of my streams that I've uh, done of the game. That's I think they've done that really well. I feel like a lot of people forget. That Geograth is probably the most devastating Daedric Prince to Tamriel. Like, Molot Ball, Mehran Stagon, they've all tried. But Geograth is the only one who's actually wiped things off the map. Like, uh, according to uh, the Tribunal Temple, the uh, false moon above Vivek City was him. He threw it there to uh, uh, punish Vivek for claiming to be a god. So... He is directly responsible for killing everyone in Vardenfell. I mean, okay, so to be fair, Molag Ball had Gilvardel and all of the chaos of the plane meld. Baron's Dagon had the entire Oblivion Crisis and destroying Mornhold. But you're right that Cheagorath's effect is... He's had the big thing, but he's also got a lot of small-scale effects yeah. all over the place. And the word I was trying to think of before is sinister. His sinister-iness, oh man, definitely comes out in this. But you're right. They're all pretty messy. You don't want to be friends with any of them. Baratron, how about yourself? What have you been up to? I have been in the lab. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, you really don't okay if you want the very 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 short version of what i've been doing in the lab it turns out that my bacteria are not working they're dead they're not happy they're dehydrated i don't know but i've been doing yeah maybe they need a hug um maybe i need to go in and find a senior microbiologist and go hey guys how do we get these bacteria working again but anyway um and so because i've been in the lab i haven't been playing as much but I have been doing uh, many Jubilee events on both the EU and the NA servers. Um, and it was actually quite sweet because, uh, as I mentioned sort of a little bit, last week was uh, PvP stuff. So it was like the PvP board quests, you know, like the capture nine resources, um, capture three keeps, and also the PvE Cyrodiil Town quests. And if you went to one of the, because they, they opened up some extra campaigns for the duration of this event. And if you went to one of the small campaigns, there were actually, um, as, as well as the people griefing and just going, yay, PVEers, you know, easy kills. There were actually uh, some very good PVEers who were, sorry, PVPers who were protecting us. And, you know, you could pretty much put a call out on zone chat going, going, you know, oh my God, there's five blues in Cropsford. And then, then, 
uh, a team of, well, I was playing uh, either EP or, or AD, depending on what server I was on, but yeah. And then a team of, of reds would come riding to the rescue and slaughter them all, and then <laughs> we could carry on questing. And it was, actually, it was actually a really nice environment, and there's a lot of people who won't go into PvP because they're they're kind of scared. And okay, um, the Vivek campaign, which is always the very, very uh, competitive one, yes, if you even pop up in the wrong place you'll get killed but there you know and there, there were situations where we were sharing uh space with people from other alliances and sending out messages on zone chat going yeah the the two blues in in Bruma are non-hostile and we'd all jump up and wave at each other and stuff like that so so you know it was actually it was actually quite nice um Apart from that, uh, UESP and uh, principally uh, Lurlock, who's one of our admins, Avron, who's a, a former member of staff, and a few others who I've actually forgotten, uh, made a very interesting discovery about how battlegrounds work. Because uh, as you know, when you do battlegrounds, instead of being Old Merry Dominion, Ebonheart Pact, and Daggerfall Covenant, you are instead Fire Drakes, Pit Demons, and Storm Lords. Well, we discovered via... Uh, the use of uh, alliance-specific skills like Dragon Knight Standard or the Alliance Rider outfit, you know, that costume which changes depending on uh, what your alliance is. We discovered that, in fact, the way in which Battlegrounds work is they assign you a temporary alliance. So that's how the three the three way PvP works. It makes and sense when you think about it, but yeah. I, I before you mentioned it in the like the notes, I never thought about it. But then I'm like, wait, they already have a way to separate people so that they can fight each other. It makes sense they would just kind of double up on that system. Yeah, it's it's really really nifty. So if you are Fire Drakes, which is the orange team, you are temporarily all Merry Dominion. The, the winning team. <laughs> well, if you're Pit Demons, which is the green team, then you are temporarily Ebon Heart Pact. And if you're Storm Lords, which is the purple team, which is my favourite because purple's the best colour, then you are temporarily Daggerfall Covenant. And the really interesting thing is, uh, we discovered this last week. And then uh, this week in the PTS patch notes, 5.0.2, so the notes that just, just went up today, there's actually a note in there saying mid-year boon boxes cannot be opened in battlegrounds to prevent alliance-specific rewards from being granted to the wrong alliance. So that's essentially proof that <laughs> what we've discovered is, is correct. And I just thought that was kind of <laughs> nice. wanted to give some props to the, you know, to the guys in the guild who, who come up with some interesting things. That's awesome. So on that note, now that we've actually figured out what all of us have been up to besides being sick, let's dig in and we're going to talk about Blades a little bit more. So while Blades is still in early access, a lot of us have had a good chunk of time to actually dig in and play a lot more. So I wanted to kind of go through after we've had our time to play it, to experience it, to see kind of what it has and not just kind of knee-jerk reactions to what we thought on day one in case there were any problems or they made any bigger changes of what the game is really about. So I think we're just going to take some time and go through and what kind of everybody's experiences are and kind of give a little mini review from the UESP podcast team of like kind of what we've seen so far. So starting out though, I kind of want to figure out what was everybody's expectations for the game? Like Lost, I know you and I talked about it a lot. What were your kind of expectations of what we would see when we finally got a mobile game on Elder Scrolls that wasn't on the N-Gage or some terrible system like that? Well, since... 
I followed you know, the announcements that they made. I knew that it wasn't going to be an open world experience. Yeah. I knew it was going to have more contained levels, so just dungeons at a time. So I was expecting something as a spiritual successor, I guess, to Arena or maybe Daggerfall, where there's a whole lot of content, but it's really just a bunch of random dungeons. Go in, do some dungeon delving, some questing, just fun, light stuff like that. And I guess we're just doing expectations. Don't go into reality. Don't go too far. So, well, yeah, you can talk about a little bit of what it was. We can jump so, around. I mean, it does basically fulfill that purpose, but the exact execution, I guess, is different. But yeah, it is just level-based um, dungeon delving. And then they talked about the town-building element, so I expected a steady progress of building up what you've got and refining your town. But I didn't really know if that was primarily cosmetic or if that was going to be a main gameplay thing. I didn't know what to expect originally. Uh, Pylon, my camera seems to have frozen. Oh, I'll fix that while we're talking about that. So while I fix that, Alara, kind of what were you expecting going in? Yeah, I was also you know expecting a dungeon delver. I think pretty much right away in the first um, E3 presentation, like they did say that you know the town and the arena and abyss or well dungeons and stuff would be like separate. So, um, yeah, I kind of did expect that. I guess I expected a bit. I expected that you could, like, really customize your town. So that ended up being a bit, yeah, different from what I expected. But other than that. I expected the town to yeah. be bigger. I don't know why. And I just kind of expected it to be bigger and have more things in it. And that's not, that's not a complaint yeah, where, I like, I missed I my expectations. Too, yeah. But when I was in my head, when I looked at the screenshots and I pictured it, I was like, oh, there's going to be, like, a Skyrim-sized town that's obviously not going to be as busy and as open as it, but I expected it just to have more things in it. So, Are you sure that there won't be more things when you've leveled your town up more? Yes, there's a wall. There, there's oh, big I stone see. walls, I see. so right. you're kind of trapped. That's what you meant. Yeah. Right, okay. I mean, like, physical bigness of, like, mm -hmm. the, like okay. the square footage of your town. Yeah, there are theories about maybe, you know, someday if they expand it, where they might go with that. Yeah, they might you know, go out the door the and you have, like, the docks outside and different things. Which, and now that we have it, I'm glad it's not a lot bigger because I'm already, I get, like, slightly annoyed by some of the placement of the things that I've done. So I'm like, oh, I have to walk so far to get over to my second smith so that I can repair stuff <laughs> while the other one's updating. This is super annoying, but... Um, so I think they did, it's actually a good size there, but did anybody else have any expectations that they weren't really, that they thought they might see, but didn't really see, or they did see and they were excited about? So I, I, I when I went in, uh, I thought that I wasn't the most excited for Blades. I was super worried about it personally. Um, did it beat my own, uh, low bar? Yes. But I also wanted it to be a lot more. Because uh, Fallout Shelter was super cool. I don't remember how many of you were uh, played Fallout Shelter. But that was the coolest thing. And then they took like a whole nother year for uh, Blaze to come out. So I thought like maybe they were really revamping it. But what was missing for me was the fact that it misses a lot of the random stuff you can do in Elder Scrolls games. Like there's no real like decorating homes as a random example. There's no deeper dives into lore. There's a few conversations, but like you go into your inventory and 
a game like Skyrim or any other of the main games besides Arena, you just have all these books you can just read at any time. Like, oh, hey, all that's interesting. And that's not there. Uh, I did yeah, expect I guess... there to be books. Yeah, I, I, I think I just took it for to... granted. Yeah, I suppose but... you'd be able to pick up like any ran... random object, basically, like you do in a lot of the other games, or um, harvest yeah. plants more, or look in barrels, stuff like that. Or find items on the ground. That's probably, but, actually, thinking about it, that's probably one of the biggest things that, like, not being able to find a sword on the ground. Now, the biggest thing that I was missing, though, was, uh, and I was surprised he didn't do it, was there wasn't more, like, little activities to do. Like, uh, farm. Like, maybe you can grow some alchemical ingredients. Like, I was going, like, wouldn't you want something like that, considering the kind of game it is, you know? Yeah, I am. that kind of stuff I imagine will happen in the future. Like, the if if Blades does well, they'll include those, like, the farm belief or a mine nearby the town or a dock where you can fish and things like that. I expect those things to come if it does well. But they really, I think they just needed to put out a game with all the core concepts of the game to find out if people actually wanted to play it or not, or if it would just be a... If it would, no, if no one wanted to play it, there's no point putting all that work into those extra year of features. I mean, I had basically. I mean, I was the same. I had very few expectations, and I was I was concerned about you know how how good it was going to be. Uh, and I mean, the biggest thing that surprised me was the quality of the graphics. Um, I wasn't expecting anything that pretty. I wasn't expecting a game that basically looked like Skyrim on my mobile. I'm not sure it does quite, but I was expecting something maybe a bit more cartoony, like maybe more the ESO style. Um, yeah, I think the fidelity of the game is mm -hmm. phenomenal. Um, yeah, the first thing game. that stood out to me, you start in the forest, which is probably the most scenic part. I mean, the best looking out of the whole game. Yeah. Those forest scenes. Yeah, like, and the thing, the thing for me too is when we think about it versus Fallout Shelter is I think of Fallout Shelter as a companion game to Fallout, not so much. Whereas Blades is more of a full fledged standalone game. It's not part of the main series, obviously, but it's, it's a full game. It's a standalone game with its own story versus Fallout Shelter is more of a just like, you're playing Fallout and you know all these things. Here's an interesting little side quest, for example. The, the the genres of the entries are obviously very yeah, different. Fallout very... Shelter is completely different than a Fallout game. Blades, it has a lot in common with a typical Elder Scrolls exactly, game, yes. even though it's got distinct differences. Yeah. I mean, one thing we were told, Alara and I, when we spoke to Todd Howard, was he was talking about how, in a way, this game is, is partly aimed at older people, like people who don't have so much time anymore. They've got like five minutes here and there to play games in between this guy looking after the kids <laughs> right. or you know when you're sitting there wait, waiting to pick up your kids or you're on yeah. your commutes or, and yeah i don't know I, i'm not see i think one of the reasons why blades hasn't appealed to me so much is i don't have that need see well, I, and, and i'm in the situation where i definitely have that need and i want to say that's definitely true and that's one of the reasons why like, I personally haven't been going super after, like, Blades criticizing it, because, like, I know it wasn't a game aimed at me personally. Yeah. Like. Mm. So, one of the things I noticed when it came out, because it did, 
exceed my expectations is that the combat I think is a lot cooler than I expected it to be. Yep. Just seeing the trailers originally, it seemed slash slash slash, and that was essentially it. Press a spell occasionally. There is a bit more nuance to the timing and the skill usage and what skills you have equipped, which I appreciate. Yeah, enchantments. There's actually a decent amount to that portion of it, which definitely impressed me. Yeah, um, hearing people say they're having problems with X type of enemy is actually kind of nice because then other people are responding and being like, oh, actually, you do this. Like, These are the kind of skills you have to go through and like deciding if you want to do fast attacks, slow attacks that are, do more damage, things like that versus different types of enemies seems to be an actual combat system in the game, not just press a button, yeah. proceed. And the placements of your attacks too. Yeah. Someone created a chart that showed like, oh, these enemies are immune to this. Uh, these enemies have this and this power. And the thing that stood out to me was the fact that, like, especially uh, for a lot of the reviews I read about the game, it kind of made it obvious that, like, most p- people who looked at this game didn't go that far because yeah. it really does hit the point where it actually expects you to learn for how simplistic the game really is when you first play it. It actually expects you to learn a lot about how its systems work. See, that is something that is missing from ESO and that I loved about, say, Oblivion. You know, like you learn things like trolls are vulnerable to fire. So you make sure you've got fire attack if you're expecting to see trolls. Um, and in ESO, because of the way they designed the class systems, they had to take that out and I miss it. Yeah. So yeah, that it's, is it's hard to do in a multiplayer game because you don't want... Oh, well, we, we're doing this raid and we're fighting rolls, so therefore, or we're fighting trolls, so therefore we need to bring DKs with us. Sorry, anybody who rolled a sorcerer, you can't come to this raid because it only makes sense for us to bring death knights because they have fire abilities. Like, it's hard to put those kind of things into like an MMO. So I understand dragon. why they take it out, but. Dragon knights, this isn't wow. We call them DKs in. You said uh, Death Knights. You said did Death I say Death Knights? Knights? Oh, I meant Dragon Knights. <laughs> you did. They're, they're both DKs. Yeah, they're both DKs. But. Yeah, but what I mean is, it's, it's like the way they set up the classes in ESO was that Dragon Knights and Templars have fire and yeah. Sorcerers have lightning. You see, if they hadn't done, set it up quite like that, then that's it fair. Be oh, but anyway, I see that's another show topic. <laughs> yeah. But another show. So then I think the big, when we're talking about a reviewers and you're bringing it up, AKB, talking about people who reviewed the game and kind of lambasted it. I think that the big elephant in the room to talk about is the monetization of Blades. That seems to be the oh, big talk. I, oh, go ahead. Uh, and here's the thing. I agree with a lot of those points. And the thing is, for a more dedicated gamer and most of the other Scrolls audience, I would say, are more dedicated uh, gamers, they have to create a version Oh man, I got disarmed. <laughs> so finish your sentence. Come on, they have to uh, a version. So this is where. So I'm going to remove the. They need to release a version where you can just buy it and, uh, what's it called? Uh, without any timers, with app. If there's still gems in it or whatever, it has to just be the cosmetic stuff for a full purchase version. I know it's early access right now. And if they just want to test out and balance the free version, I'll give it a pass. 
but if it's fully released and there isn't a version where I can just buy it and the town just works uh, like a more traditional game, I can't ever say I'm going to be a big Blades fan. So the thing with that, though, is like if you think about Fallout Shelter, they don't have a version of Fallout Shelter that has no in-app purchases. It's the same game across the entire system. So I I can't see them doing that because then if they release it on PC to say where there's no timers or anything like that, then if you go back to play it on your mobile, does it no longer have so it's now a completely different game? I just can't see them ever wanting to say, okay, give us a $30 one-time purchase and then we'll never get a purchase from you again in the game. Um, it seems like it would be kneecapping themselves out of future revenue to try to do that. So the the timing of the way the game works I also think it would be kind of unlikely. Like the the game design I guess is focused around incremental progress over an extended period of time getting in daily and weekly jobs to accumulate resources, build up your town, build up your character. Yeah. All that I'm, stuff. And you I can disagree that with that being good gameplay. I think right, that's sure. a fair argument that someone can make, saying that having time-limited things in a game doesn't make good gameplay. And I think there's there's easily different arguments you can have on that. You can say, that doesn't make good gameplay. You can say, that fits the mobile experience. Like, there's different things for that. But I think trying to say, like, take this game and put a normal Elder Scrolls gameplay loop into it it just wouldn't it would become the most shallow game you would beat the game and be invincible within 20 minutes if you didn't have any um any timers and i get your uh i get the fact that that and i also get that it's not a game aimed at me like i already said but again if that doesn't happen for me i can't say hey i'm going to be the biggest blade stand still like this, just I think that that's, is my opinion on it, and I understand it. Yeah, I understand some people like it for what it is, but that's where I'm going to have to stay, regardless. Yeah, and I think that's a completely fair place to be. As I, I don't expect us to ever see a one-time purchase, paid, pay-to-play game of Blades, where it's you pay this thirty dollars or twenty dollars or whatever it is, and then all timers are gone from the game and all gems are gone from the game. It's just, it would break so many of the core fundamentals of the game that it just seems like it's a very unlikely scenario that people keep kind of trying to, I feel like people keep trying to bring it up like, oh, they'll say like, oh, it has to happen before it comes to console or it has to happen before it comes to PC because no one's going to be willing to do in-app purchases in those games. Whereas I, I would be more willing to bet that they won't bring Blades to PC or console versus them making a change to the monetization structure of the game. I mean, right now it is currently still slated for release on every major yeah. platform. So I'm going to be very so. curious to see what they do. Yeah. I also just personally like playing the game. Like I feel like the PC experience is going to be a very subpar experience for the game. Unless they make some major changes, because the way combat works, if you don't have a multi-touch screen and you're using now a mouse, they have to click one side of the screen, then click the next side of the screen, mm, then click one yeah. side of the screen, then click next side of the screen. You could hotkey maybe your shield and your spells and stuff like that. It's going to be this really obtuse, slow con- like combat for a PC. 
I mean, sword swinging works all right in Arena and Daggerfall, and I find it pretty fun. So I could see some merit to it still kind of working. It, it it would work. It would be functional. I just can't see it being popular, popular or a good way to play. And I and and also console. How do you aim on the console? Where you don't have to have the reticle going. Like they can make it work, but it definitely feels like it's a mobile first game, and it won't be the same. It'll mostly be the PC version will exist just so you can go in there and do a couple jobs and while you're on PC. But it's not going to be a sit down play on the PC, and really dig into the story. So AKB's opinions on the game have, I think, besides when it initially came out, you first got to try it, and it exceeded your expectations, you've still mostly had the same criticisms throughout. Has anybody else's opinion shifted as the game has been out for, what, two, three, a month now? How long has it been out? It's been over a month. Um, it okay. came out, actually, the day that um, day before PAX East, so yeah, that's been... Actually, I think about a month, almost a day, yeah. Okay. So has people's opinions morphed from initial reactions? Well, I know I actually asked Pylon about that, and he did say he's reached a point where he's basically stopped playing as much. Yeah, so I could dig into that a little bit more, too. Alara, did you have a point you wanted to bring up there before I kind of dig in there? Um, well... I guess I like how they've definitely taken um, feedback into account, like with the chests and stuff like that. And they've made some positive changes, like the daily rewards, too. Yeah. And I think those are good things. And it makes me hopeful for what we'll see um, from the game in the future. Yeah, so for myself, I can see and fully admit I am the prime target demographic of this game. Um, I like, I've been playing while we've been watching shows with my wife while I hang out just after the kids go to bed. And that, (laughs) like... For a moment there, I thought you meant that you were sitting there, you know, playing whilst whilst we were on. Sorry, yeah. I completely misunderstood <laughs> that. Yeah, right. excuse me a second while I sit there and play. But no, it's like one of those games that I can sit down and play when I'm like, you know what, I may have to get up in five minutes because the kids have woken up, so or they still need or getting ready. Like I have a ten minute while they're get, reading a story before bed, so I have a five minute break or a ten minute break. So I'll play, do a quick job, and then I'll get in and get out. So I'm right in the dead center of what the target demographic is. And I really like the game personally. I spent $6 on it to buy the initial bundle because it came with a bonus. And I think if I look at my town, I'm still at 300 gems. So a lot of the complaints of it being pay to win to me don't make sense. And I don't really understand why people felt the need other than... It sounds rude, but I mean it poor impulse control. If you see something happening and you're like, oh, I could spend gems right now and not have to wait for it. See, and I, that might be what people want. Can I comment on that? Yeah, totally. Yeah, Go ahead. Like, there are a lot like... of people with legitimately – they can't handle that kind of thing. 100%. Because... And that's what I mean by – I don't mean it as a rude way of saying poor impulse control. I mean that's, that could be potentially a harmful thing for them. And in that case, it's a very bad game for that because it's you don't understand – what's going on. I don't mean it as in like an insult. I mean it just as a the way somebody is. Yeah, I mean some people have gambling issues. I mean totally. there's been that complaint even with ESO that some people 100%, can't like the, it is also another problem with that game too which another topic for another day. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah, it but is. But as far as the like I didn't get to a point where I felt I couldn't keep playing the game unless I spent money. That 
never happened to me. And yes, I can understand people being like, I don't want to have to wait an 10 hours for this chest to open. I'm just going to spend money and get it now. But I think of that as also a choice in when you're playing of the, uh, I wasn't stopped from playing the game. I did tons and tons of jobs to get through whenever I was waiting for a chest to go through. My biggest issue with the game now is I beat the main quest, which was fun. It was a good story. I liked the combat in it. I felt like I had a decent number of challenges. Uh, it wasn't simple, just click a button and keep clicking next. Like there was some bosses I couldn't do. So I'd have to go back and do some jobs to get stronger, to level up, to get better get, uh, items and skills and things like that. But now that the main quest is done, I don't feel the need to log into the game anymore. I don't have any sense. Like, I personally, and I imagine if I'm in the target demographic of the people that have five minutes to play, I don't care about maxing out my armor now that I don't have any quests to do. I don't care about maxing out my um, town to have all of the things. Those are things that core, like kind of that core gamer audience is going to want to do. The min-maxers. Those are going to be the people that are going to be complaining about the game being too shallow are going to want to do. So they're not going to dig in a lot longer. The people that just want to get in there, see the story, have some fun, kill 10 minutes, then do something else, kill 10 minutes, then do something else. That's where it kind of falls apart for me. Yeah. See, I'm just not in that demographic at all. And I'm very much, if I'm going to sit down and play a game, it's because I want to play a game. And for me, the kind of random generated dungeons, I, I mean, I have, um, I'll be perfectly honest here, I've played the game for about 25 minutes. Yeah. So, but I was already getting bored because the, there wasn't anything to learn about the dungeon layout. Um, you know, I, I like, you know, some of the dungeons of Skyrim that took four and a half hours. And it was a massive jump for me to go from Skyrim with four and a half hour dungeons to ESO where you could do a delve in, in 20 minutes. Uh, and I'm very much, uh, the, the sort of person who likes to learn the layout and where the chests yeah. are hidden and things like that and random generated things. It's just like, Oh, I'm going around this thing again. Okay. Right. Yeah, it's the same pieces you can see over and over, and you can't know yeah. where things are going to be. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I, I'm, I'm obviously going to pick up Blades because it's an old Scrolls game. I don't actually know if it runs on any of my current Android devices because they're yeah. all a couple of years old. Uh, and I just don't. I just don't think it's aimed at me, which 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 is fine. That doesn't mean there's anything wrong with it. It just means that I am not the person that it's for. Yeah, I think, and I think that's a hard thing for a lot of people to come to understand. Like, I think we were talking with somebody in the Discord about comparing it to movies. Like, just because there's a rom-com out there doesn't mean it's a bad movie. You just may not like rom-coms and that's okay. There are objectively bad rom-coms. That's totally <laughs> fair. And you can make that argument. But I think a lot of people see a mobile game. And they're like, it's not on PC, it's garbage, this is the worst, this is toxic, it's destroying me. And they take it yeah. kind of as a personal, like, this game was meant for me, when really... Because it says Elder Scrolls on it. Exactly, yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm an Elder Scrolls I've made fan. with, uh, you know, ESO and Legends and stuff, people are like, oh, it's not a real Elder Scrolls game. Well, yeah, this is just a different genre, you can't expect it to be the same. So, yeah. Sometimes people think the title equals genre... And clearly, mm -hmm. in Elder Scrolls' case, title equals universe. Yeah, it used right. to. There's been more side games than main games, you know. Yeah. So, 
So I guess, about that. I guess that's what actually makes it sad that it doesn't doesn't have the law books and things in, because then uh, you know you could play for a bit and you could sit and read some books for a bit. Mm-hmm. The nice thing uh, is that is something they could add into the game. Yeah, like they yeah, could easily add lore books into the game and make them clickable oh. in dungeons as we find a lore book in Skyrim right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that was, that was good timing, okay, I I wanted to do a brief treatise, but interject and ask questions or whatever. But my, I've still, you know, okay with blades. I still like it. That was a thumbs up icon. I didn't hold it high enough. There we go. <laughs> um, but my opinion has cooled on it since our initial reactions. Um, The dungeon delving, like, I'm cool with random dungeons. Arena, I think, is a lot of fun to waste some time in going through that sort of thing. But the dungeons aren't... They're not dungeons in the sense of going in and exploring this place to find stuff. They're basically gauntlets. There may be a small branch here or there, but almost it is a straight line. Okay, so that is what I really meant to say. Yep. That yep. is what I really meant to say. When I yeah, was they're not that engaging, yeah. basically. Yep, so there's not... Even though, even in Arena, when there's nothing new to see necessarily, it's fun going through a new layout, finding what type of monster is going to be around the next corner, mm-hmm. how the fight's going to go in that room, whereas it's always going to be a almost straight shot through a very pretty place, and then it's going to be a bunch of one-on-one fights unless it's the swarming creatures. With uh, That's another thing to talk about because like even in like the simplest parts of the dungeons there's you multiple options you have you can sneak around you can use magic to attack by range or arrows or uh with your bow which aren't options it's always going to be a one-on-one brawl unless it's swarming enemies which are super fun in comparison like it turns into a bit of a uh a rhythm game for just a second where you are fighting the swarming enemies. It's just like, yeah, I managed to knock them all perfectly. Cause it, and I really like yeah. that, just because yeah. it's different. The, yeah, the I do definitely do wish do I could just sneak past them. And Sometimes I miss being a self archer. <laughs> yes, you can just ignore some, but it's just you walk around it versus actual stealth. Yeah, there's like. no sneak. Right. Which, again, I feel like that's something they could add into the game. Mm-hmm. I mean, it could be like an yeah, an extra button or something, and work a lot like the main games, really. Yeah. So another thing that I, I think there might be yeah, a little bit of an aspect to that because I know sometimes when I'm sitting like in the corner of an area, the um, NPCs are like they'll maybe kind of come toward me, but then they'll, like stop, and it's like they don't see me. But if I start moving, yeah, then I, so there's definitely room for it. Having issues are looking like stealth, which is kind of yeah. cool, and I've had that happen a few times, which is kind of <laughs> funny. Yeah, I don't know if it's issues or if that's like intended behavior, but it I mean, definitely helps me see where it could be used. You know that one alien room where there's like a crater in the middle of the room? Mm-hmm. Um, I had a time where I was right against that crater and a skeleton ran at me, stopped, and then started pacing around. And then I was able to get through the rest of the room without him seeing me. So I bet it's because of the reason it's happening is because of pathing. But either way, stealth could be a thing mm-hmm. if they chose for it to be. Yeah, the one I find thing, sometimes that uh, they get stuck on corners. Yeah. The one thing to note, as you mentioned, like that alien room, is it really needs more tile, tile sets. That's I mean, probably one of my biggest issues with the dungeons, because the quests are fine for this. You're in the 
there's like a number of different zones. You're in the forests. You're in all these different areas. And the dungeon, though, it's like you go to the castle. You go to the castle dungeon. And it's like kind of the same dungeon over and over again. Whereas if they had probably 10 more tile sets that were just randomly generated, same length, I feel like it would be a lot more welcoming or even if if there were jobs or quests or jobs that you could do in the forest as well so it wasn't always the same dungeon tile set over and over and over again that you're either yeah dragon bones some of those yeah i feel like a lot of our comments are kind of just becoming yes blades is a thing in its own thing but we all want it to be more of a traditional elder scrolls game sort of I'm okay with it. Uh, yeah, I don't necessarily think I want the gameplay not to exact, change Maybe much. not exactly like 100%, but we want to see a lot of the features in some capacity again. Yeah, I think my my biggest complaint isn't with any of the gameplay functions, really. Like, I really actually like combat. Combat's perfect for the game, I think, for, for being a mobile game. Mm-hmm. That it's it's challenging enough and deep enough that you can handle it. Like, I don't want a Twitch reaction, like kind of like a Twitch shooter reaction game on mobile, because right. it's just not going to work. I like the way they've laid it out. And I like the town. I just want them to add a little bit more to every feature, I think is what it, my question would be. Like, the town building is really cool. I actually really like my town. I just want it to do a little bit more. Let me build a mine near my town that I can go in and collect a different resource. Like you select what resource you want to get. If it's iron or steel or orculate, orculate. I completely or forgot. Orchalcum. Completely was like orc, orc, orc. Um, orc. Any of those like different. Orc metal. You, orc can't, you can't mine orcs. Orc calcium. <laughs> I can uh, mine all the orcs think. I want. I got pickaxe. Um, It'll work. I want the quests to be longer and have more depth. Like. The quest was really good. I liked the way it worked. It just wasn't enough of it. And I think that's probably the thing for the game is maybe PvP will do this for me and bring me back in as a, oh, log in daily and do your PvP thing, like the same way which like a Clash Royale kind of game works. But right now, I just, there's nothing that's driving me to go in because not, there's no reason for me to upgrade my gear. Like, I can do, you upgrade my gear to be able to upgrade my gear more at this point. There's no story for me to finish. And it's the same with Skyrim. Once I finish all the quests I want to do and the story I want to do, I kind of just stop playing. And that's fine. That's how I play the game. I don't need to go and collect every piece of gear or level up to all my skills to 100. I just kind of do the story, do the questing, and then peace out. So that's kind of what I would love to see from Blades coming in the future is just like a... Everything it has right now, plus a little bit more. So Yeah, I, I haven't finished um, any of the quest lines really yet, but it's definitely been my favorite part of the game so far is working through those. And they are, you know, interesting stories, so I am definitely hopeful that they can add more. Yeah. I think one of the things that goes into my cooling opinion of the game is that I've recognized and accepted that it is more of a mobile game. And by that, I mean it that it's a continual play experience with slower progression. And I think where my issue arises is that I have it sort of compared to a few other mobile games I play, like 
Fire Emblem Heroes and Dragalia Lost. In both of those, I was always able to progress the story without huge amounts of time having to power up. And there were always side events that I could be doing to make progress overall. In this, I only get one job a day that is significant progress. And I can do other jobs over and over and get experience, but it feels really slow. And I haven't made progress on any of the actual quests for probably a week, despite doing my daily jobs, because I don't upgrade that fast. And so I think the issue is that in these other mobile games, there's side stuff that does feel moderately rewarding, and it feels less rewarding in this game. And those have events and special stuff that keeps happening in the game. This will probably get it, but right now the only thing I can imagine is they put in new quest lines, which would have the same problem of either I'm high enough to just blitz through it, or I'm too low and have to just go through the normal upgrade channels before I can finally do it. I think that's currently where my problem with the game might lie. That that the progress doesn't feel significant enough, or I can't easily quantify it. I would love it if they added another kind of quest mechanic, like not a jobs or the normal quest, like a main story style quest that was just scaled to whatever your level was. Like kind of like always was a three skull. Like like it's always a three skull ESO style where the more you level up, you could still play through it and just have story, just have lots of story in the game with that kind of a system. That's a secondary thing that you can level up as you do it. You're going to get through things, but you're going to gain more content. And, I think you could also have limited time events kind of based on that idea. Yeah. Like Fallout Shelter? Yeah. Yeah. Fallout so Shelter is a good example of that. Like if you didn't want it to be holiday themed, you could have like the goblin quest that they talk about. Yep. You could have a season where goblin attacks are on the rise. And so you've got specific quests, you know, just like the goblin quests that are already in there. Yeah. You could have that same idea of, oh, this tribe is becoming more powerful than the others and going to probably start uniting them. Make sure you go and take care of them. And so everybody be working on some goblin calling quests. And that's the only idea I currently have. But stuff like that, it doesn't have to be major metaphysical stories, but just no. something that feels like there's a reason beyond I have to go get six void salts from Marduk Castle. Exactly, again. yeah. Yeah, so he's still fighting the bear. He's fighting a bear. I think the bear started it. Yeah, he's not fighting a bear. Yeah, the quest name that um, always makes me laugh is "Steal the mercenary's honeycomb." Like, what the mercenary do, and what? Why do I want his honeycomb? Attack of the enemies. Attack of the enemy. Best one. Yeah, I love that. How many of their uh, quest names are Star Wars themed? Yeah, Uh, Bandit Menace. Return of the Bandits. About it. I would have. I think everyone would have been happy if they literally just made uh, Fallout Shelter into an Elder Scrolls game, That's and they just reskinned it. Basically, I don't think anyone would have complained. Yeah, before they even announced this, I'm like, you know, wouldn't it be cool if there's an Elder Scrolls version of this? Yeah, like if you know, instead of a vault, it was our own little town or something. Yeah, like a side like, quest, like just a little side companion piece that you. Yeah, can... like service, even like a little sim type thing, you know. Yeah. I think that'd be fun. I would love to play that game. I'd play it, but I'd also expect less of its story. And exactly. I wouldn't expect the, anything of it. Yeah. The Blade story has been, I think, kind of impressive, but I haven't finished it yet because, again, I'm 
I'm stuck because I realized, I think I've said this before, I gimped myself by spending yes. all my resources on a stupid quest. <laughs> on so a stupid I quest could to rebuild everything. Yeah. My town has no ruins, but I still don't have copper. Yeah. Whereas it's I'm sitting really at it's like how many thousand copper? Let's see, what am I at for copper? Oh, I, I have only 622 that... copper right now lost. That, that uh, the monetization, which I realize is directly tied to just the slow and steady gameplay, hasn't bothered me. Um, partly because I don't have that sort of impulse typically. Yeah. I don't like spending money on something temporary for a game where the point is just keep playing the game. Um, I have noticed that I got some gems because I spent my Google opinion rewards to get a package. And I have gained over 300 gems in the time I've been playing. And again, I've only been playing like a very small amount per day. I haven't been grinding the way some people have. So gem acquisition seems okay, especially because there's nothing I want to spend it on. I I will second that. I didn't buy any gems, and I have enough gems to speed some things up for me. Yeah. So it, I will say that like if you have okay impulse control, like you're not someone with a problem in that relation, and I understand a lot of people do, and it makes the game completely unplayable for a lot of people. I would agree, but yeah. if you don't have that problem, the gems are comp- are really, re- they really are completely optional. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I got enough to get, um, or before they're going to take the artifacts out, I got enough to get the Mesa Molay box. I was kind of curious, you know, does it change the gameplay? And it really didn't. Like, maybe it was a little bit helpful at the start, but I barely use it now. Like, a lot of my weapons that I've made or found are way better than the mace. Yeah. So, I mean, it really, even when they had those, which I still, I agree that they shouldn't have offered them in the store to begin with, but it's not like it gives you a huge advantage. I guess we'll see, you know, when it gets to um, where we can do PvP or whatever, but... Yeah, I think when we get to PvP, which I... There's so much speculation on how they're going to implement that. I personally think it's going to be a CCG style arena where it's you go in and you select your different item pieces. Mm-hmm. When you get in there, you can choose between a light armor set and like it'll have different random enchantments and you pay a ticket to get into it. Um, I think if they make it, you use your PVE gear to do PVP content. I think that's going to probably ruin the game for a lot of people because that does make it uh if you spend more money on buying elder chests constantly you have a better chance of getting good gear mm-hmm. and you can just wash through anybody so then people are gonna be like well if i don't spend money i'm not gonna play the game right yeah i mean as it is i still have a whole bunch of gems left over from when i got that pack and yeah yeah i mean once in a while maybe i'll increase my uh you know inventory or something if i am you know particularly lazy or whatever but well, and I'm also, you know, keeping more weapons. Now I'm starting to get to the point where I have, okay, this is my troll killing weapon. This is yeah. my wisp mother killing weapon and stuff like that. So all in all, I'd say for if I'm doing a full review of Blades, I'm saying I like the game itself. It feels slightly lacking and that there's a number of things it could do. Um, I think the monetization put it off in a bad light to a lot of people which will sour a lot of views and i don't think they're going to 
really ever be able to change that unless they make it an entirely different game. I don't well, see Well, look at that. what ESO did. But even still, talk about ESO with somebody that hasn't played it since launch. People will still, like, people still hang on to that original launch view of ESO being like, oh, this game's stupid. It's, it's a terrible game. Like, it's not that great. People still hang on to that. People that play ESO don't because they understand, like, no, this is a lot better. But a lot of the outside world still considers ESO as that failed launch title. Well, I actually just see more complaints about, like, what we were talking about earlier, how it's a different genre and you can't expect it to be the same. So I yeah. see more of that than I do of, oh, you know, it's had this terrible launch and everything like that. Yeah, I mean, I, in general, it, public opinion really has turned around. And it's just, if you don't like that type of game, then, yeah. You're not going to, yeah. Yeah, no, I agree with that. So if I had to do a, let's say, 60-second review of Blades, I'd say that it is a a fun story with cool combat and pretty to look at that you can just do on the go. It is slow <laughs> and... I don't know where the longevity is necessarily at, and so there's a big old question mark pending what we see the update structure actually looks like. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, and pretty much, yeah, with the same with what you guys did. I, um, it makes me optimistic for what we'll see in the future, and I do hope that we'll see more. But I'm kind of dreading when I run out of quests to do, at least for now. Yep. So unless anybody else has any closing thoughts for tonight, I think that's probably a good place... Whoa cat just jumped off my lap uh good place to end the show for tonight anybody else have any final thoughts they want to pop in before we say goodbye i'll probably go do a few extra jobs before i go to bed tonight now that you're thinking about it <laughs> yeah we're, we're like the notification on your phone popping up that's just like uh oh i should probably ask you this off air but i got a warning that my phone like blades was causing extra resource usage while in sleep mode and so i clicked a button and now I do not get updates from Blades until I launch Blades. And then I suddenly get a notification saying, hey, you need to open your chest. I'm like, I know I was logging in because I started it yesterday. Of course it's done. <laughs> That's so funny. And mm. I don't know how to make it come back. <laughs> so how's the performance of the game seem on your devices? Mine's Cause... perfect. I've never had any lag. I've never had any. The only thing I ever notice is sometimes pushing abilities i miss the abilities because i think the buttons are just slightly too small mm. um, yeah i have a um iphone 10 but um and it's okay when i start playing but then if i've been playing for a while like if i'm on my probably second or third um you know job or if it wants to take me a particular amount of time um it my phone gets really hot and um very laggy and so i especially if i'm charging it at the same time so often I have to say, yeah, take it off the charger. and But even then, sometimes I just have to close the game for a little bit. I've had very minor hiccups that I've occasionally seen. And I think the biggest is that when I pull open the menu, there is just a split second between when it appears and when I can actually click on a menu option. Um, which, very minor, but irritating, and it keeps happening. But... And, you know, occasionally when a combat starts, it just does a very small hitch before the fight starts proper. But I've not had any major complications on my Note 8. Awesome. That's it. Well, I think that's a good yeah. place to end the show for tonight. So, Lost, where can people find you when you're not appearing on the UESP podcast? Talk to me on the UESP Discord. Yeah, that's, that's basically it. I don't... 
that is that my social media. Corner. Yep, that's it. Awesome. Alara, how about yourself? Yeah, I'm also on the Discord um, or the wiki or the forum. I'm Alara there as well. Or on Twitter, underscore Alara, underscore. And still haven't changed it yet. Nope, I'm trying to figure out what to change it to because, like, every variation I can think of. Like, I'm debating whether I should try and request if I can take just plain Alara, but I think I'd probably have to have more followers in that because it's, like, comparable to the person who originally had it would no longer use that account, even though she has a separate one. Just try it and see what happens. Yeah, I guess I could. Baratron, where can people find you? Would you be amazed if I said on the Discord? <gasps> the Discord? <laughs> I've never um, heard of this Discord. Tell me more. <laughs> there should be a, a link to it now. I think we added it, didn't we? But, it is. Uh, Discord.gg yeah, slash UESP. UESP, yeah. Um, you can also find me on ESO, uh, on the PC. NA server and the PCEU server sometimes, and occasionally on Twitter. If you see tweeting about ESO, it's probably me. And ESO live, live tweeting. Yes, that's me. <laughs> NAKB? You can find me in the Ragged Flagon with my crew Lydia and Dwemer Armored Mudcrab over there. He rose perfectly on the screen as you said that. <laughs> yes, that was, couldn't have asked for that to be any better. <laughs> I like how he keeps uh, burying himself, though. In the yeah. Ground. Yes, it's a little strange. Though. Buddy, that's wood. You can't do that. <laughs> yeah, it looks weird there, he but can, it's kind of funny what he did in the him. snow. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. But yeah, he popped up just like that. <laughs> and I'm Pylon. You can find me on pretty much any social media with P-Y-L-A-W-N. Um, follow me on Twitter, too. If you have any feedback you want to give us about the show, say... Hey, I like this part. I don't like this part. Hey, maybe you guys can do this. Maybe this. Send me a tweet. I'm always listening. You can send it to Pylon, P-Y-L-A-W-N on Twitter. That's the best place. Or send it to UESP underscore net and just say, hey, we like this about the show. We don't like this about the show. Give us your feedback and we'll make changes to the show to fit your individual needs. That's how committed we are to this. (laughs) So on behalf of the rest of the hosts and guests here tonight just want to say thank you for joining us and we hope that you guys have great adventures in nern bye so long <laughs>